This is a very good social media podcast where we try to live up to that name every day. I'm your host, Zach Gellia. Let's get into it. Really psyched about today's episode uh, with Astasia Williams, um, someone who I've looked up to and, and, you know, have been inspired by for a very long time. You know, she was part of that powerhouse team with the Carolina Panthers back when I was with the Steelers um, and just someone whose work really spoke to the industry and spoke to, you know, what everyone was trying to do. You know, I, I know I've said it before, but the Panthers were always one of those teams where they would do something and it was like, like, what, why didn't I think of that? And so it was always impressive of how they stayed ahead of the curve when a lot of teams end up doing a lot of the same stuff because we use each other for inspiration. So her creativity, her drive, her mindset, just the way she sees content and opportunities um, has really served her well in, in her journey. And she's had stops with the Panthers, with DC United, with Nike, with you know the Washington Commanders, um, has done some freelance work with the NWSL and, and some other brands that you know and love. So I'm really excited to just pick her brain and, and hear about her journey and um, you know each stop and how they differ. And, and what she's learned and kind of um, taken from those roles to make her successful in her freelance, uh, you know, life. So um, without further ado, I'm very, very excited to welcome uh, Astasia Williams to the show. Thank you for having me. It's long time. No talk. I know. I, we were just talking about it. I mean, I feel like I think it was 2017, 2019 mm -hmm. with the Panthers. That was when we kind of um, linked up and obviously Amy being a, a huge mentor i think of of in my life and just someone that i've always relied on it it's always been cool to kind of connect with her team and um and i think that's i mean a lot of the people i know in this industry are like there's some sort of connection between the two of us and um mm -hmm. so it, it's always cool to connect and, and see how things are going yeah amy is always like the one degree separation of all the people that i meet and who i get connected to so I always thank her all the time because she helps me meet a lot of people. Yeah, no, she, and she's amazing. Like, well, I have her on the pod later on. I think we have a scheduled for one of the future episodes, but, um, but it's always great. Like just how that team always worked, you know, no matter who was with the Panthers, it was always like the ideas kept coming. It was all, I mean, still yeah. to this day, it's like with, with Angela there too, it's like, no matter what's going on, it's always like, oh, who did this really cool thing? Oh, it was the Panther, shockingly enough. Yeah, that's why you can just imagine the shocker when I got the job and how I actually came about getting the job. It was kind of like, are we sure? Like, this is a serious job, right? So all of that is pure comedy. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Well, now that we're on the subject, um, basically the, the start of every show is just really opening the floor and, and basically talking about, you know, your journey and, and, you know, all the way from, um, you know, college all the way up until what you're doing today. So really, um, you know, the floor is yours. I just want to hear about, you know, how things have been going and, and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So, um, I mean, starting from the beginning, I am a Baton Rouge native, um, and I was a coach's daughter. My dad coached football for like 21 years and that's the majority of my life so always been around football but the funny part is, is that I attended Dilly University in New Orleans and my degree was in mass communications because I originally wanted to be a sideline reporter so being that like uh, being around the Louisiana high school football scene 
I had the opportunity to intern at local news stations in Baton Rouge and New Orleans every summer just to kind of like learn the ropes of that because I was serious. I was ready to be like Robin Roberts and um, Stuart Scott and have like my own segment and be super cool on the TV, have the sneakers and all that. And then somewhere I went to SEC Media Days and that is when I met um, Maria Taylor because I was cool with Marcus Spears at the time um, through like my dad and stuff. And so I met Maria Taylor and she was actually one of my inspirations and I wanted to be like her. And so she was like, yeah, like I'm coming down to LSU the following season. You should come shadow me and stuff like that. So cool. I did that. It was like LSU, Texas A&M. The funny thing is, I think this was less my last game as the head coach but it was all emotional like Shaq was there like it, it was all it was a whole thing so I did that and it was like the most like cool process but like the it was complicated to see her like do do all this work for like 30 seconds on tv and I was like oh like you just did all this prep pre-game for just like one or two hits throughout the game and I was like, um, okay, I'm going to think about this a little bit more. Um, so then I moved from wanting to be a sideline reporter to this kind of like a feature writer and a TV reporter. And that's where I go to Northwestern University in Chicago and really kind of like tightened up my writing. But then at the time, social media is kind of booming a little bit. So I still have my personal pages and all that stuff and just tweeting out like my own like sports thoughts, thinking I knew stuff whatever um and then uh Northwestern also had us kind of like learn how to tweet as a journalist and tweet headlines and stuff like that so that was super helpful but then it started to come around graduation time um again I went with Maria to was Florida State versus Alabama and Atlanta this is how my me and Amy start to connecting the dots I was at that game doing social media for Maria, helping her with behind the scenes stuff, really just getting my feet wet, tweeting um, and posting for like someone uh, a stature instead of just myself. So I'm in Atlanta and I'm in NABJ at the time. So somebody in our group says, hey, I have a friend who's looking for social media help for an NFL team, didn't know what team it was. And the person who sent that was Adina Andrews. So she she sent that email and it was probably like nine o'clock at night. So um so I I'm in Atlanta and I see that I'm in my hotel room just chilling after the game. And I was like, hey, I'm interested. I sent, I was like, look, I have an internship. I'm actually going to Charlotte for an internship with sporting news at the time. So I'm already heading to Charlotte, but it's only an internship. So I have to find a job at some point. So, um, so long story short, we get connected, Amy and I, she was like, you know, when are you going to be in Charlotte? I was like, I'm driving down because I'm driving down from DC at the time to Atlanta. And then I'm going to Charlotte for my internship. So crazy, crazy wild. And so I'm like, this is the sun. This is a Saturday. I'm driving down to Charlotte on Sunday. And I'm literally going to Panthers practice to go meet Amy for the first time that Sunday as like the first interview. Cool. So she's, 
she's showing me around. I'm meeting people and stuff like that. She was like, okay, well, we're going to start the interview process now. So I'm like, oh, like, are we serious? So mind you, I'm starting my internship with Sporting News at the time. And I think throughout that process, like I'm going to lunch, but the Sporting News building is literally down the street from the Carolina Panthers building. Like you can literally walk uh, to the stadium. So it's like, I'm taking my lunch, but I'm going on my interview uh, to the Carolina Panthers. And so that whole week, I uh, kind of went through like the interview process and meeting people. And then next thing you know, I got the job and I go tell the people at the Sporting News, I'm like, hey, so this happened faster than I thought, but I got the job with the Carolina Panthers and the guy's just looking at me like, well, I mean, you were to come here to get a job. It just happened a little sooner than what we thought. So I was like, yeah, it happened pretty fast. So, um, so yeah, so that happened. And then I started the job and, oh man, that was different. I think the first two weeks, um, the first time Amy let me post something, I think I tagged the wrong player. And it was on a birthday post, I believe. Yeah. I tagged the wrong player. And I literally, I literally wanted to cry. Because, like, I think the PR team at the time texted us and all that. And I was like, oh, I'm in trouble. Like, I this job probably wasn't for me. Like, first post, I messed it up. And then it's just like, it was already just a lot of pressure because like we said, like the Carolina Panthers team was like so good. Like Dan and Amy, they were doing such a good job and they made a name for themselves. I didn't want to go in and mess up. First post, I mess up. So I'm like, okay, well, here we go. This is the great start. Um, and so that story kind of writes itself. And then I do my years there and kind of um, after that, I went to DC United. MLS team to kind of get some manager experience, um, which is different because I've never watched more than probably two minutes of soccer, and I was probably for the World Cup. Um, so that was interesting. But then I didn't stay there long because I got the call to go to the Washington football team at the time, and the pandemic happened, and everything else happened with the football team, and I was probably crying myself to sleep every night during the point in time. Um, so I did a time in there and I was like, okay, no thanks. Um, after that, I went to Together for a bit. Then I went to or Nike for a little bit. And now I'm just kind of in the freelance game. Um, really just trying to figure out like what I want to do uh, with the rest of my career. But also I needed to slow down a bit. And that's what I'm using this time um, to do. Because I also had really bad mental health throughout my career and I think that it was time for me to address that a bit because although I could probably address it on the job but I, I know that it was affecting my job so um definitely using taking this time to get my health together slow down a bit um and see what's to come no that, I mean so much done back there I have so many different questions <laughs> but I, I mean while, while we're on that subject of mental health and like it's something it's something so prevalent and it should have been for, you know, eternity, mm -hmm. but it's something that like, you know, early on when I was back, back when I was with the Steelers, it was, I was the entire social team as myself, Yeah. graphics, covering events, traveling with the team, working, you know, 90 hours a week. And you really like, you don't like 
as a young person, I didn't think anything of it. It was just like, Mm -hmm. this is the job. This is what you have to do. And then it's like, as you continually do it and get older and wiser and understand that, like, you know, it, it's very similar, like we were talking to of like, of being a parent where, you know, the nurses and the doctors are all telling you, like, make sure you take care of yourself because if yeah. you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of your little one. And it's very much same thing with your career. Like if you don't take care of yourself, mm-hmm. your career is not going to thrive the way that you want it to. Yeah. And like, I posted about that on LinkedIn the other day. I was like, yo, like, I hope that as much as you dive into your career and really take care of your career, like take care of you first. And like, obviously without going into the details, like I know firsthand, like you can nosedive like to the deep end on the wrong side if you don't take care of your mental health. Um, And I know that I probably was like super distracted on my job just because like my brain was foggy and it's not clear because I'm not taking care of myself outside of my job because I'm trying to do my job perfect and putting that pressure on myself was affecting the job. So it's crazy out here. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard. I mean, like it's, it's also one of those things where like, yes, it, it helps if you work at a great company who values those Mm -hmm. things as well. But at the same time, like a lot of it is on us too. Like there's like, I've always told everyone that I've worked with probably family members too. And I think it's something I learned from my dad, but like, there's only one person who can look out for you 100% of the time. And that's you. So it's like, you need to make sure that you're setting those boundaries. And like, for me, it was like, I took vacation and was trying to get away and just refresh and, you know, spend time with our little one. And it was like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to delete some of these apps off my phone and just like, even fight the temptation of like, you know, you just, you have that constant FOMO being in the industry for Mm -hmm. so long. It's like every second you have a second, it's like, let me look at my phone. Let me look at my phone. And it's like, you know, my wife is the first to remind me, which she's a big help, but it's like, you have to break those habits yourself too. And like, really think of how, you know, this stuff affects you personally and how you can kind of get through it. Listen, I am no, um, my phone goes on do not disturb at 8:45 every night and it's like look whatever needs to be posted it will be posted but after that it's time to shut it down i think now i've set clear boundaries on um being that i do want to work in the social media space you have to set like clear boundaries of what you will and won't accept if not the job is just going to run you wild and i think that for me since I started in such a high profile job right off the bat, I was so young, bright eyed, like, um, and I just didn't really expect um, so much to come about. And so I was like, oh, I need to set boundaries within myself so I don't lose myself within this. So definitely. Well, and, and it was, you know, back when, when I first started, like I started NASCAR working for a NASCAR track and it was like, mm-hmm. I remember things being hectic, but I remember things being hectic. Like we had, I think maybe four events a year, like two races a year. And then, so for the other, you know, eight months, you're really trying to find stuff to do. And, um, you know, that was back before I knew everything that I know now and would have dug into the analytics and the strategy and how we do things. So i never remember being burnt out there. And then it was like, then when you, you know, like you said, you get that first job with the Panthers, you get that first big job with the Steelers. It was like, I'm going to work harder than everybody else here, no matter what that takes. And it's like, Mm -hmm. that's a good mindset, but also kind of a dangerous mindset where 
you can work hard for, mm -hmm. you know, X amount of hours a day, but you still need at least a little bit of time where you can just be Zach, like you can just be a person and go get groceries or take a nap or read a book, like just to, to separate yourself from that persona of, you know, you're not just, you know, the social media person, you are a human being that has other things going on. Yeah. And I think after a while, like I stopped talking about my job, um, like on social media, because especially on my own personal social media, because it's just like, I want to separate it. Like I'm me, I am Astasia, but this is just what I do. This is not who I am. So, but I think that like, you know, even with you working at the Steelers, I think both of our teams had the pressure on social media to be good all the time. Like it didn't matter if our teams were not doing well, the social media game better be popping. And I think that pressure was weighing on me um, as I was younger, just because it was like, it, it is hard like to have a win in social every single time. So uh, with that pressure and being with it being a new job, it was just like, Oh, this is a different beast here. When it's also hard because no, like no one tallies up your wins. Like no one tallies mm -hmm. up like the great things that you do every day. It's, it's the one, like you said, the one mistake, the one spelling error, the one stupid graphic you put up. Like it's mm -hmm. always like your mistakes are then amplified to millions of people. And then even more upon that, because Everyone loves to, you know, be a troll and have, yep. have, you know, one up some brand or be, you know, to, to really just to, to provide that negativity that, you know, someone who has fragile mental health and is working through some things, it's like, that's the yeah. last thing you need. And it's like, that's our life every single day. Listen, the new kids now, and I, I say that as I'm like, I'm 29, but like the new kids within this social media space, listen, this this business has aged me about 10 years. Um, they have it, they have it good, but they also have a lot of pressure. And it's like, cause you gotta be snarky. You gotta be clever. You gotta be innovative. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like it used to be so simple back then. <laughs> and I'm just looking at the, the landscape. I'm just like, you go guys, you do it. <laughs> that's it. Oh man. Well, that's, um, your, your comment about messing up the very first post that you made <laughs> that like, take me back to, cause like I, in the 10 plus years I've been in this industry, I can count how many mistakes I've made on multiple hands. It's not, it's not a one hand sort of thing. So take me back to like, you know, how not necessarily how it felt but how you got through that and really kind of like moved past it because that's any any mistake doesn't define you it's how you respond to it and how you continue to move on and get better so i immediately sent the wrong player um, from the team account i sent the the player who i tagged wrong i sent them a dm saying i'm so sorry but then amy comes in i tell her I tagged the wrong player. No, because PR called and tells Amy I tagged the wrong player. And so Amy goes, okay, it's okay. It's fine. You know, in her voice, she's like, okay, it's fine. Um, and I was like, yeah, I apologize. And so she was like, oh, okay. Now we kind of just made it a bigger deal because um, we could have just tagged and untagged. But 
Um, I mean, she was actually more calm than me, but obviously, like, she's been in the game longer than me. She's been in more high-profile jobs. Um, she has one job that she doesn't really talk much about, so cannot wait for you to talk to her, and I think she's probably going to tell you what that job is. Um, so she understands, and so she was really calm at the moment, and um, I really appreciated for um, her for that, and so she was like, just double check everything. This is why we double check everything. And for me, it was, I was still getting to know the roster. So um, it wasn't really a big deal at that point in time, but I did not, I will say that's not the only mistake that I made, but I made sure to always double check because uh, mistakes are going to happen in social. That's just, it's, it's just going to happen. Um, it's just, you got to make sure it's not like, a big mistake. So. Right. Well, and, and I mean, I'm sure Amy was much calmer because she's probably already made mistakes similar to that 16, yeah. 17 times. Cause that's any time I've ever gone through that with someone who's worked for me, it's like, trust me, I've done much worse. We'll be fine. Let's keep going. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, but like you said, owning up to it. I mean, I remember making a mistake with the Cardinals where, you know, we had a new young receiver who ran this incredible route but he ran it against obviously our own team. And so like our mm -hmm. defensive back looks bad. We pile on with some copy that's just like, you know, put them on skates or something like that. So then it was yeah. like more players started hitting us up saying like, you, you kind of, yeah. you kind of did that guy dirty. So it was very much like not even meaning to, we, mm -hmm. you know, we went into damage control mode and like, tr you know, talking to that specific player, talking to all the guys, because like, it's so important to have those guys on your side and believe in what you're doing. Because if it's like, you're trying to do this, you know, behind the scenes content or get them to showcase their personalities, if they think you're going to make them look bad, you're not getting yeah. nothing. Yeah. But then it, it also just comes down to like having a really good like support system within this. Like, for me, like outside of Amy, like I've, I've always just felt the need, hey, I'm just going to ask people um, around and just ask for help. Like, I've reached out to you, like, when I first got there and be like, how do I do this? Like, how do I figure this out? And, like, other people like Amber from the Colts and Jamie, um, who was at the Rams at the time, like, those are my girls. And they were a really uplifting and supportive system for me um, when I was in the league and still now. So, um, I think that's also really important is like finding your people so that you have people to rely on, you know, to support yeah. you. Yeah. And, and I mean, and this industry so like, it's so vast and there's so many people in it, but it's like, mm -hmm. it's also not bigger than you think. Like there's so yeah. many people that it's like, you can reach out to. And even like, you know, back, I mean, dating myself, like I've been in the industry for a long time. And even when I was first getting in and no one knew who I was and I, like, <clears throat> I had no idea what I was doing anyone I reached out to, to be like, would you mind just jumping on the phone, just letting me pick your brain for 15 yep. minutes. And it was like those conversations go on for hours because it's just like, everyone's willing to help. And like, I, I don't know if this is the case in every industry, but it's like, everyone seems to want to pay it forward and help those. And, and same thing, like you said, I mean, Amy was a big part of my support system. You know, I had others in, in, you know, uh, Cecily who worked with the Patriots and Alex with the saints and, um, Sam, who's with the Eagles. Like we had our own little group. I think it was Jesse who was with the oh, Texans. Geez. So it's like, we had our own little group where it was <laughs> like, yeah, like we'd all been around for a while and it was like, we would talk about anything and everything or like, did you see this yeah. change? Like, are you guys seeing this? And it was just like this easy way to just be like, 
we're all going through this together. Like, yes, we work on opposing teams and sometimes rival teams. I mean, it was like, yeah. you know, the Steelers and the Patriots talking on a daily basis. Right. Like, but mm -hmm. it's like, there's so much more to this than just what's happening on the field. And, you know, the people who are doing all of this stuff behind the scenes, you know, can definitely use that support. Yeah. I mean, my favorite part of the job, especially for when I was working at the Panthers was really just finding any opportunity to dunk on the saints. So <laughs> Sorry, Repo, but, you know, that was the fun part of the job, obviously. Well, and that's it, too, is like it got to a point where, like, if it, you know, it's always going to come back around. And like, there's so mm -hmm. many different things like to this day. And I believe it was Darnell with the, the Jaguars. But like he when the Jaguars beat the Steelers in the wild card game, when everyone was talking about like, oh, well, you're going to New England, you're going like basically <laughs> looking ahead. I have yeah. never been like our team and social accounts had never been torched so hard. And like it, it, like it hurts and it's like, man, like this is, this is mm -hmm. tough. But at the same time, it was like, dude, I, I respect that. Like you guys had it mm -hmm. ready to go. Like this was like shit, like just perfect. Like you could not have made us look any worse than yep. you did. And it's like, and like, obviously it like what goes around comes around and things happen. And like, I think it was, I think even this year it was like the Jaguars got knocked out of the playoffs and got this and the Steelers got in and it was like, they were waving the terrible towel. The Steelers kept the mm -hmm. receipt, went back at them. So it's like, it all comes around, but it's like, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to separate like the personal yeah. from what's going on. But at the same time, like if you have these relationships already, it's like, you know, I could text that dude and just be like, like that one hurt, but well played. <laughs> Listen, between us and the the guys at the Falcons, I think it was like uh, I I know one of those folks. We got in a lot of trouble because um, we were going back and forth with the Falcons. Like this was one where it wasn't like aha funny. It was like mm, funny or too far. But I mean, it was just kind of like us and Nico taking it a little bit too far. But you do have those moments, and that's where it's just kind of like now, like these social teams, like they're like really edgy. And I think like now, I don't know if I can be that edgy. <laughs> so I think I have like PTSD, and I'm just like, I'm so glad that social teams now have all this free rank. So I would have been like, are we sure? Is that what we really want to do? I've lost my edge. I'm just like, I, I think I'm good on that area. <laughs> Hi, my name's Dom and I am a visual creative working here in New Zealand uh, and I'm making the move to London in June which is a, a scary but really exciting step and I'm just looking forward to it. Uh, I take photos, I create videos, I dabble a little bit in graphic design. I also look after digital strategy and uh, communications so media, press releases, that sort of thing for a national sports organisation here in New Zealand as well as helping other people out with that sort of stuff too. Um, and looking after athletes with their sort of media engagements. Um, I've worked in the news, so I understand uh, sort of both sides of the field uh, in that regard. Uh, I consider my best skills not to be behind the camera, um, but in my ability, ability to build relationships with people um, effectively and sometimes quickly. Um, you know, in, in this line of work, I love to be a fly on the wall. I love to document and tell stories. Um, but you can't do that if you don't have a trust with someone and so I feel like my job is to build a relationship first and then capture that uh, 
with my camera second. Um, and if I do that first bit really well, I can do the second bit amazingly. Um, and that's what I, I pride myself on. Uh, and I'm really passionate about telling stories. I, I really believe in the power of sport to change people's lives and to be able to document people's uh, journeys or stories or team stories. I think it's a real privilege to be able to do that and hopefully inspire, um, inspire people, inspire kids or you know, even adults. Uh, and I've been really fortunate to be able to go all around the world of my work, uh, taking photos, making videos, um, doing some media stuff. Um, and I'm really looking forward to going to the Paris Olympics uh, to help support the New Zealand team there with some content and, and some media uh, requirements. Look, I'm, as I said, I'm moving to London and I would love to keep working in sport, but I'm open to any opportunities, just working creatively or um, especially with, with my camera in hand or you know, even communications or media, a little bit of PR. Um, but you know, if anyone has any connections, any uh, advice even, um, I would absolutely love to hear from you. Um, I've got a British passport, so visa's not an issue. Don't need any sponsorship or anything like that. Uh, I'm just looking forward to getting stuck in and, and meeting people. Um, so please reach out. Uh, and lastly, thank you so much, Zachary, for um, this opportunity, um, but also for your podcast and your great work that you're doing uh, you know, with your insights and, and building a really supportive community. It's been, it's been really great. Um, so thank you so much. All right. So another thing that I, I noticed when doing my research on LinkedIn, of course, um, your cover photo is be better. Let me make sure I said be better than you were yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's something that like in different words, that's like, that's everything that I always preach is like, you know, the one thing I can pride myself on in my mindset is like, if you're not learning, you're not growing, you're not, you know, you're not doing everything that you can to, to succeed in this industry. And like, you know, just working on being 1% better every day. So, I mean, talk to me through kind of like your mindset and what, what that means to you. Yeah, I think, um, because I was, I've been an athlete all my life and, and playing in college, I was always chasing perfection. Um, and I think that also kind of, um, leaked into my career a little bit and that's kind of where like my mental health is a little further south of it because like chasing perfection it's like you're trying to be 100% every day 100% for everyone and it's like that's not realistic and so now my motto is just like okay if today is today whether it's good or bad like let's make sure tomorrow is better and then like find a win today, make it a better win tomorrow. And so now it's just like being okay with taking L's and falling down and because they're all just kind of like lessons and then using those lessons to just be better the next day, not a hundred percent, but taking the time to um, really fully um, like grasp and really just get better at your craft. So no, I, it, it, that's something that's so, so important. And like, you know, growing up as an athlete myself, like that, that's again, like, that's always the mindset is like, be yeah. perfect. Like you can't make mistakes, be perfect. And it wasn't until like, I, like I've always called myself a perfectionist and I want things to be perfect. But like, I remember my interview, uh, with the pirates actually. And it was with the portion of the interview was with, uh, Niley Rousseau, who's our VP of strategy with the pirates. And one thing I love about her, she always kind of makes me think differently than 
I normally do. And like, you know, you get, you get stuck in your ways, you get stuck in how you do things, how you say things. And, um, you know, she kind of stopped me when it was like, I was describing myself and my mindset and she's like, well, yeah, perfectionist is like, that's not really a thing. Like that's yeah. like, being perfect is impossible. Like you're mm -hmm. just like you said, you're striving to be better, but you're never mm -hmm. going to be perfect. So it's not mm -hmm. like, that's not a word that's helping anything that you're doing. It's almost hurting you more than it's helping. So, you know, it, it's, it's funny that you say that because that's just, that was something very recently within the last couple of years that it's like, I try not to say that anymore. Cause it's like, I don't want to be perfect. I just want to be better. I want to be the best version of myself. And, you know, however long that takes is fine with me. Yeah. Now I'm learning that the ego is going to be the downfall of you. And once you take that out, it's like, okay, don't be afraid to fall. So like right now I'm training for a marathon to um, run in Paris in April. So what they say is that every run is not going to be fun. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to suck. Like, for some reason I decided to become a run girly in summer, but that just meant that I signed up for this marathon in spring, which means I have this block of running in the winter that completely sucks. And it's like, all right, you've already signed up for the race. So you can't stop. So it's like, it's freezing cold. I am so slow because I'm cold. I can't breathe. It's raining. And it's like, all right, but I know when I get to the other side, it's pretty, it's Paris, I'm crossing the finish line and all that stuff. But it's just like, it's that 1% that we were just talking about. So now I'm, I'm really learning that patience and that, um, that slow stew of growing into something great. So um, I think that's also why I'm happy I took this time to slow down a little bit and it's really helping me like perfect my craft within social like I just took the time to get on LinkedIn and really use the LinkedIn learning I hope people aren't sleeping in those because it's a whole bunch of classes in there taking the time to slow down and learn that and kind of read how the field is going and so granted not everyone has that time to do that but that's what I'm kind of using my slow down time to do well, you, you bring up a, a, an amazing word that I don't think gets used enough in this industry is patience because mm -hmm. the nature of what we do is we need this stuff out as fast as physically possible. And I've found that that mindset has really translated to a lot of things that I do where it's like, I don't take the time to sit back and soak things in and I'm, and I'm trying yeah. to be better and do a little bit better at that each day. But it's like, you end up, you know, you want to get to where you're going as fast as possible. You want to get everything mm -hmm. done as fast as possible. You want to set everything up as fast as possible. And it's like, sometimes, yes, you need that. But other times it's like, you know, slow and steady wins the race. You need to sit back and be able to soak in this information and not make a rash, rash decision. And that's not really like, it's kind of almost counterintuitive to what the mindset is in this industry. Yeah. I mean, I think when I was at Nike, like, you know, with their strategy was like, they're not posting every day or like three times a day, like how we were doing on the team side it was like, we may post three times in this one quarter, but 
it's helping us really sit down and think of the why of things and like, hey, why do we want to post this? Why are we choosing the creative behind this? What audience do we want to reach um, within this piece of content? What is the overall business goal? And I think like going there and having that transition into from that really fast paced like, hey, let's just post because we need some engagement. We can't be quiet on social. I think going from that mindset to where I was in Nike was like night and day, but it was that night and day that I needed to where it's like, okay, we don't have to go so fast. Let's really just like decipher the why of all of this to really set the foundation. And then we can get into like the content creation part of things. Yeah, no, that it makes total sense. Well, and so, and so building off of that, you know, going from your personal experience of, mm-hmm. you know, you were in this no patience whatsoever. We need things and we need them fast to the more methodical thought out kind of approach that you've been a part of. Where does kind of like your personal, I guess, viewpoint or on what would be a successful strategy and like even more so just like, how do you build something like that? Like, how do you take, you know, here is initiative or idea X and take it from that amazing idea all the way through to, okay, now it's time to hit post and see if we were Mm -hmm. right. So I think now going through both, I really like the slow approach of things. Although like, I really love like a fast growing account and high engagement rate and stuff like that. But I really enjoy like the research of building something, right? So like before I got to Nike, I didn't know how to write a brief at all. Like, I didn't know how to like dissect like an audience or like how to do like a a story within a brief or anything like that. So that was all new to me. So I appreciate learning that part because it allowed me to sit down and say, okay, we have this overall idea, this overall business uh, mandate that we need to do. What, What is going to be my role? Like, what do I want to do with it? And so with that, it's like you go into research mode, you take all the data insights that you have um, that you want to like showcase to your audience. And I realized I enjoyed so much of doing that more than like the content creation portion um, of the job. So wherever that sits within like the strategist kind of role. I think I enjoy that more. And I became like a data insights nerd now. So it's like every time we'll meet with the data insights team, they'll say like, oh, like you guys are now reaching such and such. And they're saying this about blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, really? Okay. So then I will take that and then start thinking of the content that we want to do um, in like not retaliation, but in reference to what we just heard from the data insights team. So I was like, okay, this is how it works. <laughs> like, this is what we're supposed to be doing in the social space. So um, I did really enjoy that part. Yeah. And you you bring up a good point, like, especially in football, in pro sports, like the mm-hmm. posting, the, the screaming at your fans of look at this and look at this content. Like there's so much of the job that's just talking and posting and so little of listening. And it's yeah. like, that's such a huge part where it's like 
you may think you're putting out the best content that's ever been produced, but if it's not resonating with your fans, you're not reading the comments, you're not seeing, you know, you're not in the subreddit, seeing what people were saying and talking mm -hmm. about, like, you're still just missing the mark, you know, like you have to, it has to be equal parts posting and listening and probably even more so on the listening side where if, you know, just like a conversation, the more listening you're doing, the more learning you're doing rather than the more talking. Yeah, and I hope I don't get thrown t um, tomatoes at me because I really like being in the comfort of my bubble now. But I think that when people in this business stop creating content for other social media experts and to be on list and to become popular, the game changes. Like build content for your fans. And I would say nine out of 10, don't even build content for your CEO because your CEO is your CEO of the team or for your brand. Like you need to build content for the audience that you already have and the audience that you want to reach. So that's just, I don't even know if that's a hot take anymore, but that is my hot take. So that's all for that. No, I, I, I agree. Mm -hmm. It's, it's very much like it's a game of comparison. And, you know, like I said, like we, we look to the Panthers, we look to the Vikings, we look to other teams for inspiration. So it's like you almost naturally compare yourself to them mm -hmm. without almost knowing that it's like, mm -hmm. you're almost creating content to one up the Panthers. And it's like, that's not, that's not the job. And it's like, um, you know, Felicia Johnson, who I had on the show earlier, she's, uh, she was with the Vikings back, um, Mm -hmm. I think, and I think it was like around the same time, actually 2017, yeah. but, um, but with her, it was the same thing. Like now it's being okay, not being the target demographic for the content you're pushing out. And that was a thing that yeah. I told her, it was like, when I was in NASCAR, like I'm not a NASCAR fan. I've never been a NASCAR fan, but that's the audience that we were trying to attract when mm -hmm. I was there. So it was mm -hmm. like, I'll make content for me and the fans will enjoy mm -hmm. it. And it, and to an extent it worked. I don't think we did enough research and listening back then, but like nowadays it's the same thing. Like 38 year old me is not our audience on TikTok. So it's like, yeah. I'm okay if the content doesn't resonate with me, as long as it's hitting our business goals, it's speaking to our fan base. It's, you know, it's, it's checking all those boxes. And it's like, it's, it's definitely the boxes are not to check for other you know, sports teams or other graphic designers or other producers to be like, oh, I like that. I'm going to take that. It's, mm -hmm. you know, what do your fans want to see and how can you connect with them on, on, you know, the most basic levels? Yeah. And I will say like, there's also like a negative um, part of that because like sometimes fans are fickle, like sometimes they don't know what they want. That's not up to you to say, what they want like let them have that decision because i remember during the whole rebrand of everything at washington we were showcasing content of um the old logo and the old names being taken down from like the facilities and uh the old stadium and the old generation of fans were livid like i like i felt uh, um, the amount of anger <laughs> like through the account like they were upset but at the same time it's like we wanted to take you through the process um, and allow new fans to come in and try to support the team that was like um, trying to rebrand themselves so it's like hey we're not like completely erasing our 
um, our history like on the field, but we do have to change this huge like dark cloud over our team. But it was just like, that. that's the other side of kind of like audience listening, but that's like the extreme side, but definitely got a taste of both. <laughs> Yes. Um, I, I definitely feel that. I remember we went to, um, we went to Chicago to play the bears when I was with the Steelers. And that was during like the national anthem stuff that was going on with mm -hmm. cap and, and, you know, that whole situation. And it was like, it was so divisive. And, and I remember, you know, coach T said that, you know, everyone would do something together, whether that was mm -hmm. kneeling, whether it was standing, whatever it is, it had to be united across the team. So then they couldn't decide, ended up staying in the locker room was basically the the next idea. But then Alejandro Villanueva, who is an army ranger, an army vet yeah. was like, I at least need to be able to see the flag and, and, and respect that. And so I swear he took like one extra step to be able to see this flag and every photo that got taken was him standing by himself in the tunnel for the mm -hmm. anthem. And basically like the rest of the team left him behind, which wasn't necessarily yeah. the case. So like telling that story was basically like, so me as the social media guy who's sitting in the press box in Chicago, seeing all of these hateful things get sent to me personally of like, I hope the plane goes down. I like, how could you guys do this to this guy, this, you know, this yeah. hero. And I remember getting back to Pittsburgh and even having voicemails on my desk phone talking about how horrible I was as a person. And it's like, so again, like listening great, but knowing where those boundaries mm -hmm. are uh, and being able to kind of deflect from those situations is, is definitely a skill to be developed. Yeah. I mean, they should understand the social media manager doesn't make calls, doesn't do team deals, uh, can't buy you shoes or can't give you free shoes. Like it's so many things as a social media manager does not do. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think like, we're, I think we're finally getting past that, like people yelling at the intern phase. Um, yeah. and like, I think it's getting a little bit better where I think social teams have kind of almost stepped up and been like, Hey, um, we don't sign players. We don't put out the lineup. We don't, tell you who's starting it. Like we are not making these decisions. We promise mm -hmm. we're just trying to inform you and entertain you in the best way possible. I mean, one of my favorite um, trends is like when a team wins, I love when, uh, whether it's like Super Bowl or NBA championship or whatever, the admin is like, yo, we're logging off. We just won a championship. We're going to holler at y'all like next week. Like that is my favorite thing in the world because the content is going to be there. Like, you guys saw what happened. Like, girl, you think I'm about to sit here and post this stuff after we right. just won the Super Bowl? Are you kidding me? That was, log out. Yes, I, I love that. Still to this day, like, so uh, Terry Rogers, who was the head of social with the Pirates before I got here, and he was mm -hmm. he's a good friend of mine that I knew back when I was with the Steelers. And I remember one season after the, like, the Pirates season was over, it was basically like, an animation where like a closed sign got hung up on like the Twitter, like profile, like header. And it was like, we're going to take a little break. We'll be back to y'all in a little bit. And it was just like, yeah. it was so like inside when you're working through that stuff in the industry, it's like, that was just like, I will always remember that. Cause I, I remember just being like, I wish we could do that. That would be amazing. <laughs> yes. Like 
just that that is probably like my favorite thing and just seeing teams to really allow like their content teams who do amazing work to just be like just log off it's okay enjoy this oh man well so i i want to take a slight turn and and talk a little bit more about kind of like that next generation and and you know the kids that are out there who are you know, really prepping for their careers in this industry and, and, you know, looking for those first jobs, looking for, you know, any opportunity to really get in their foot in the door. What, what would be kind of your piece of advice? If there was one thing that you could tell them in their journey or as they're starting their journey, you know, what would that piece be? To freelance, um, while you're in school, try to freelance as much as possible, whether that's like, um, you know, oh, this is really like a culture moment right here. So like, if you have a, you have a homegirl who's like doing hair in like the college dorms or whatever, and you know that she's killing it and you're good at social, hey, tag team and be like, okay, if you are able to give me like $5 of like your, um, your earnings of when you do someone's hair, I can post this, we could build like your social media presence and boom, like that's something that you can actually put in your portfolio. And just having like those little things that kind of grow into um, years of experience, because I will say the social media jobs are getting kind of wild. Um, one, I think a lot of social media jobs are confusing social media manager and content creator. They're not the same. Um, that's an issue. So that also says like the industry is getting really budget tight and trying to like get a two for one deal. So that's a little bit upsetting, but I'm um, seeing jobs posting that need like 10 years of experience. And I'm just like 10 years, social media didn't really pop off until like seven years ago. So how is someone supposed to have like 10 years of legit experience in social media where it really just got here so also seeing that it's just like okay well if that's the game that you want to play it's really just going to have like the the younger generation kind of get creative um as much as possible and as early as possible to get that experience but i think that what's going to happen is that it's going to be a lot of content creators and influencers that want these social media manager jobs. And I think that's why the two jobs are kind of getting conflated a bit. Um, just because they're almost being one of one now, if that makes sense. So um, that's my only advice. And then if you're in sports, like find a way to get involved with your college teams. Doesn't matter if you go to a big school or not. Big, big school, D1, D2, NAIA, whatever, like, doesn't matter. Find a way to get involved um, with your sports team. And I know it probably won't pay much. It may not pay at all. Um, but sometimes you really just need that one opportunity to really help. When, and you bring up a good point too. Like, I don't know how many other industries where you can literally make experience for yourself. Like there's not necessarily, yeah. you know, doctors going to med school who are then being doctors in some side hustle. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's like, like this podcast, is a great example. Nobody's paying me to do this. This is all about like 
experience learning, helping the next generation. Like it's all stuff that I can literally do myself, like mm -hmm. shoot, edit, prepare, uh, prepare for the interviews, like all this stuff. It's like, this is getting me a lot of great experience that like, who's to say anyone can't do this stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and like you said, the example of, of doing hair and like being able to be that person to help them and, and help them succeed too. It's like, there's so many ways where it's, you can show that creativity. And when, you know, hiring managers are looking for content creators, it's not always like, you know, oh, this person worked for Notre Dame football and, yeah. you know, the Atlanta Falcons, and now they're ready for us. It's like, hey, you, this person manages this TikTok account and creates everything for it and has really made it into what it is. And it has, you know, 200,000 followers. Like, that's impressive on its own. And that's really, mm -hmm. that's a resume building thing that you just created out of nothing. Yeah. And then, and also like, don't worry about all these fluffy buzzwords that the social media people like to throw away around. Like social media is really point blank and simple. Um, it changes every day. So to me, nobody's, an, nobody is an expert. We are all literally just learning. Like for some reason, YouTube is now promoting short videos. TikTok is perform uh boosting up long videos and is now like probably the biggest um search engine with all social like it's 2024 now so like who knows what's gonna happen within next month and what's gonna be popping so like this thing is ever changing um and I really think like even with the um the welcoming of AI who knows what AI is going to do so. I would say just always be a learner and always try to um, ask questions within this because it's it's never going to be the same. <laughs> no, I, anyone who tells you that they have it all figured out, I would love they're to lying. talk to that person because yes, there there is no they're lying. There is literally no possible way. Like that's mm -hmm. always I find it funny anytime I do interviews for you know kids in college that are doing papers and stuff, and it's like, what do you think is next? And it's like. Honestly, I have no idea. Like I can give no. you kind of like where I think things are going, but like even that, I mean that like there are people who run these companies that run like that own these platforms. It's like tomorrow they could decide, you know what? Like this is now a shopping app and Instagram is gone. And it's like, okay, well now we have to figure everything out again. And it's like, so yeah, I, I would say building off what you said, it's like, it's okay to not know everything because everyone in this industry is right there with you. Mm -hmm. And I will say um, another thing that I learned from Nike was that like, how, how do we get a consumer off the social platforms into like Nike's own ecosystem, which it was like the apps and stuff. And that just caused me to learn like, Oh, so social is not the end all be all. Right. So like, Learn like how an app works, learn how email works, uh, learn how like membership marketing works. So it's like, just know that social media opens the door, but like once you get in, like use the opportunity, hey, you need to learn everything else because it's so much more out there than just like the cool content um, and the follower growth. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. Well, I have one more question and then we'll get into some, I have some quick hitters at the end of just goofy things that we can talk through. But, um, the one thing, and I think we've covered a lot of it, but, um, how can we make this industry 
better for those that are in it now and those who are who who are coming next? Um Okay. Great. Um I will say uh wow, that's kind of hard. Um cuz I really do think like the kids they they're going to turn this industry around. Like they they're not playing with their PTO. They're not playing about their mental health. Like they're going to have the work and home balance. Um, so I will say, like, let's keep that up. And I um and I want to keep like preaching like more collaboration um uh, within each other. Um yeah, and I will say like for social media managers to have like more autonomy and not just think like, oh, can we post this and um and just toss this up and stuff like that like to me i think social media managers are probably gonna be the next cmos just because like they're on the front lines of the audience and the um in line for like the business so it's like they're they're seeing it both ways so i do think we're going to be the future leaders one day um so yeah i think that would be my only thing i love it yeah couldn't have said it better myself <laughs> well, so I'm going to get into, like I said, these are super quick. Some of them are pop culture. Some of them are social media based, but answer them as quickly or as slowly as you want. And, uh, and we'll wrap it up from here. So, um, you touched on this a little bit, but what would be your least favorite industry buzzword? Oh gosh. Um, I have to say, uh, authenticity that that is a buzzword that i cannot stand right now um because what does that really mean you know like who are we really talking to when we toss that word out um so that would probably be my one no i i agree i i've caught myself because i basically at this point in my career i like speak in industry buzzwords so it's like i'm always interested to hear what everyone says is like Oh yeah. I probably say that too much. Yeah. Like be authentic in what, like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, like be yourself. Of course. Like, isn't that yes. the whole point of everything that we're doing? So no, I, I definitely feel you there. Uh, parks and rec or the office. Neither. I've probably seen one episode of the office. I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Parks and Rec. Wow, that you you'd be the first one who didn't have a strong opinion one way or another. Nope. <laughs> oh, I love that. So then, branch off question: what What is like? What's always been kind of your go to show? Big Bang Theory. Ooh, that is a good quality TV. Okay quality tv i love it that's a great one i i i feel like i got through like maybe four or five seasons and i watched them like 16 times each and then i kind of mm-hmm. fell off and haven't watched the rest so i need to i need to pick that back up yep it's fantastic uh friends or seinfeld seinfeld ranch or uh cool ranch or nacho cheese cool ranch TikTok reels or shorts? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I have to go with TikTok. Vine or MySpace? 
Vine. <laughs> I think that Vine's winning in the landslide on that one. Um, and then my very last question would be rate the finale of Game of Thrones one to ten. So I've never watched Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You, you you are not alone in that uh that answer. I, I think probably it's kind of a 50-50 split of like either it was the worst thing you've ever seen or you've never seen it. So uh nope. No, don't feel bad there. Well, honestly, I, I Go ahead. I will. I sorry. I will take that back. Um, I'm gonna have to save my space because I was queen. Listen, I was. I didn't realize that I was doing a lot of like tech work within designing my page, um, and really making it cute, and then setting my playlist and my top five. Yeah, that was. I'm, I'm gonna have to go with my space. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. All right. Well, honestly, I, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. Um, I definitely learned a lot and it's, it's always great to just catch up and, and see how everyone's yeah. doing. Yeah, no, this is great. And I'm so glad you picked this up and allowing this to be an outlet for you outside of your job. Although it is talking about jobs, but you found your outlet, which everyone needs. So super happy you have that and everything you're doing and, and growing your family. I appreciate it. All right. Well, everybody, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this has been another episode of a very good social media podcast uh, where we try to live up to that name every single day. Um, thank you, Stasia, for being here and we'll talk to everyone soon.